everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of Game Talk Radio. John, I think we're setting some kind of record here. Is this, is this three weeks in a row? <laughs> I think so, yes. <laughs> well, uh, listeners, you're welcome. Uh, hey, <laughs> welcome back, everybody. John, uh, how are you, man? I know I always ask, and I always get an exhausted answer, but man, I'm always going to ask, <laughs> how are you, man? How are you doing? You know, I got done at uh, like 7.30 tonight, so it can... Compared to last night when I got done at 9.30 at night and I was scaring the shit out of people as I was delivering their mail to their house with a headlamp on, um, it, finishing at 7.30 feels like uh, I got a short, it was a short day. So, so, so that's funny you say that because headlamps are terrifying to me. So quick story. Uh, so one of my favorite, like when I was younger, there was a lot of scary stuff in the 80s that came out. Like um, one of my okay. favorite things is uh, Creepshow. And so Creepshow was like a movie, and I, I want to say Stephen King directed this, these like shorts. And it's like was that the one with Cat's Eye in it? Cat's Eye, I don't remember. Well, so there's Creepshow, there's Creepshow two, and I'm sure they did other ones after that. But I remember specifically one. I think it was one of the Creepshows where it was called like The Hitchhiker. I think is the name of the okay. episode. And this woman's driving; she's not really paying attention, and she hits like a road worker at night. And then basically, okay. as she, and she like drives off because she's like, oh, shoot, I hit, I killed somebody. So she takes off and then like basically the person comes back to life and is like chasing her in, you know, not chasing her in the car, but like is in the car and then all this other stuff. And then like it, basically haunting her, however you want to say it. And like, okay. I swear that he had like a headlight on, like a headlamp or something. So I always see him in my head and I'm like, oh, that's scary. He might have had her headlight embedded in his face. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, but anyway, yeah, headlamps are scary, dude. You got You got to know what's going on. But yeah, you sent me a picture last night that was terrifying, and then you followed up with the caption of, <laughs> "This is what it means when we're not doing a podcast or something because of how late it was." And I, it's funny is I kind of didn't even think we were doing it last night. So when you sent that, I was like, oh, "That's funny." Are you talking about that picture of my face that I sent you? Yeah. Or no, sorry, I sent that you was that like. Yeah, I sent you that like an hour ago. What did saying, you It's the, on, bitch. But the one, what was the one you sent me yesterday? Because you sent me something about like I thought you sent me like a. Were you drenched or something? Or am I totally just? Am I totally crazy? And I'm mixing up my. Uh, I think that's the last time I took a picture of me wet. Uh, just, just. You know, maybe wop, I don't want to know uh, that. style. This. <laughs> Dude, that was months ago. <laughs> That, that is inappropriate, and I like it. Um, okay, so uh, <laughs> what a great start. Um, you know what? I don't, and I, I don't even have – like I had some sort of rant in my head, like something that was irritating me, and I think I just kind of forgot about it, and I'm just not going to worry about it. I'm not going to be negative today. We've got one story to talk about. Sounds good. An interesting, an interesting partnership that, uh, that was announced late last week was – uh, that Microsoft and GameStop are going to partner up for a new digital and physical like partnership or something, right? Yes. Like, okay, uh, sure. So, um, yes? Yeah, the the original announcement seemed like it was just going to be like they're, they're updating their computer systems and they're going to like like bring them in on like like having a more robust customer service system where like the the customer service person would like know your past purchase history and like like whether you uh, had Game Informer and and all that like that's kind of what it seemed like last week. Uh, so we got more information this week on what it actually 
entails as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do. And so we're going to talk about that. And that's it for stories. And then we're going to continue on with, I have some more launch stories I want to talk about, specifically when I launched the 360 and the PS3. And I hate to do it, but I think I'm going to name drop somebody who is kind of a a shithead. And, okay. But I but I'm worried. Uh, I think you know who it is. But I'm just saying, like I don't I don't know if they listen to the podcast. I mean, we don't get that many listeners where I'm worried about it. But you're talking about the bunch, right? No, I'm not. I'm, okay. ta- I'm talking about a customer, basically. <laughs> I'm just kidding. A, a customer that uh, uh, I don't I don't speak ill will of most people, John, unless they've wronged me in some way, <laughs> and he never has. But no, I, you know, it's one of those things. Like you know, I always want to be honest and tell the story the way it is. But then I think, well, should I change some details? But there's one detail, and and this is what's weird about the story. The guy's name, in particular, is part of the wackiness and the craziness of the story. Okay. So, like, I feel like I have to do it. I have to do it. And is I, this person still a customer of yours at Game Trade now? No, I haven't seen this guy in. I don't know if I've seen him at Game Trade to be honest. I maybe maybe in the early days he came in and was like, "Hey, man, I heard you had your own shop," but I have not seen this dude in a long time. In fact, I should probably see Cap. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, so we're going to continue on some launch, some, some, some launch stories, man. So it's going to be okay. fun. We have our games of the week picked out. We have our pickup piles of the week, which mine, John, I'm going to tell you is pathetic. Uh, and yeah, and we're going to go, man. That's it. That's, that's it. Easy peasy. So let's do it though. Let's start off. Uh, I'm going to queue it up because I might actually put up a YouTube video this week. If you can believe it. Oh God! So, uh, I yeah. didn't do my eyebrows. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. All right, so here we go. <laughs> here, I'm gonna queue it up, and then we're gonna roll. So, like I said earlier today, John, first up on the podcast today, we're gonna be talking about GameStop and their new partnership with Microsoft. So, they recently made an announcement that hey, we're gonna have a partnership with Microsoft in both physical and digital distribution. Which at first, when you heard that, you thought. That's kind of what they do now. Like they already sell digital cards. You can buy, you know, you could straight up go in and buy a digital code for a specific game. You don't have to buy it physical and yep. this and that. So it's kind of like, okay, I mean, so so what's the story? And then uh, as you were saying in the intro earlier, there is more to the story and possibly some interesting things. So we're going to talk about what is different. I'm sure you and I both have our opinions on this. And then after that, we're going to talk about is, is it enough? Is this enough? To, right? Is this is this the the hail mary? Is this the 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 grail that will save GameStop as a company? Because the trend we've been seeing is that they're on the way out. And so, um, yeah. So let me let me pass it to you right away. When you heard this news, what did you think? What the partnership was going to be compared to what it is now? And then feel free to tell people what it is now. Yeah. So when they originally announced it, they talked about. Uh, GameStop, basic or Microsoft, basically uh, giving them access to the Microsoft suite of uh, of tools for the the POS system, the for their computers and whatnot. Uh, and it sounded very much like back of the house stuff, and like not very interesting. Like when they initially announced it, it was like like Microsoft is teaming up with 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 GameStop and it's like, Ooh, that sounds interesting. And then when the press release came out, it's like, all right, that sounds very word jargony. And it just sounds like, like a, a bunch of nothing. That's not going to really affect customers and really probably shouldn't affect the business much. Now, uh, the other thing that, that I thought was funny 
um, was that they mentioned that they were getting new Microsoft Surface tablets. And GameStop, like, four or five years ago, got, um, they got tablets for, or iPads. Mm -hmm. And working (laughs) at GameStop when they adopted iPads was so annoying because the iPads were useless for customer purposes. But they wanted you to use them for everything, even though they really didn't work. Yeah. And and they they tracked tablet what they called tablet touches. So like you had to get a certain number of tablet touches a day. And so of course there were always those stores that would have seven hundred because they would just fudge it and they would just look up people's accounts. So and like click around. Yeah. Uh, so really quickly, sorry to interrupt you. Really quickly, I, just yeah. because this is exactly been my issue with GameStop since I worked there and while I worked there was Mm -hmm. instead of hiring people that are qualified, paying them a good rate and training them, they instead track them to make sure they do their job. Everything's got to be well, you know, you can't just tell them, Hey, we want you to use the iPad and then say, we hope you're using the iPad and then have your district manager follow up, follow up and then have your regional follow up with them. It's always, well, you got to do this. Well, if you don't, we're going to track that you're doing it. And if you don't do it, you're in trouble. It's, it's, it's been their style forever. And it's just it's 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 um that's what's created the lack of quality like bought in employees. And when I say that, I don't mean that the people working there aren't good employees. I don't mean that at all. Mm-hmm. Not that there aren't a ton of really hardworking people, most likely that are there. But what I mean is that like you only go so far with that. You need to for people to be feel bought in and to feel like a safe place. Otherwise, those best employees you have will eventually leave. And that yeah. just seems to be what has happened over the years. Is that everybody has just essentially left well also when they rolled out those tablets the it was a half-baked idea because they wanted you to use them but they really were more of a hindrance and more of like they wanted to be a cell phone store like they wanted it essentially to be like an apple store where you walk into the apple store and like they're like hey do you have an appointment no okay they they set up an appointment they're like all right well one of our geniuses will be with you in five minutes and that's not the way game stores work. Right. <laughs> like you're not selling <laughs> services and you're you're selling a product. You're not selling like like time with Geek Squad or like like right. a, a, a class or whatever. So like trying to adopt that model without properly having a program that works on that iPad but then expecting your co- your employee to interact with it all the time was just silly because like if a customer said, "Hey, do you have Call of Duty Black Ops 2 pre-owned?" I could walk over to the computer and have the information from the computer in like 10 seconds or I could fumble around with the poorly made program on the iPad and take 2 minutes and look like an idiot the entire time. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, ah, I'm sorry, this isn't working, and I'm you're like trying, trying to, to awkwardly, <laughs> you're trying to awkwardly type like out uh, on a field with like a giant iPad, which iPads aren't great for typing when you're when you're using one hand. Um, so so there was that, and so like when this new announcement talked about them having Surface tablets, it just brought back all of those nightmares I had of going like, oh, those poor bastards are going to have to interact with another tablet. They're going to get tracked on it, and it's going to be awful. Yeah, and and so here here's how I always felt a, a couple. I have a couple of feelings already just about this part. So first of all, first of all, I would say 
you typically need iPads out on the floor if you ever have more than one employee at the start of time who is right, not tying up a register. Never do. <laughs> which you never do. So you don't have to be on the floor with an iPad because you're going to be behind the computer all day anyway. So two, that's two. If you had four people, you have two people in the registers and two people with iPads on the floor. That makes sense to me, but not this. Um, and it also, I guess the other thing I would say about that is it just feels like one of those, like it's like a copycat thing, like, we're a tech store. We want to look like a tech store. We're trying to make our brand and make our people, you know, like look more professional. Yep. But then you can wear whatever you want to work apparently now at any GameStop. <laughs> so you wear any t-shirt you want. So you don't look like that. And and it's so there's conflicting images there. And, and I think that's just another part of the upper management, like never having a clear, concise plan for anything. It always just feels so hodgepodge together. The other thing too is that those iPads – like working with them sucked because most GameStops have the worst business class internet you can possibly have. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I would often do speed tests on, um, on the network and it would be like literally 0.5 meg download on a good day. And we'd have customers that would come in and they'd be like, Hey, can you update my, my PlayStation four, my Xbox? (laughs) And we'd be like, no, because it would take days. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I would love to be able to do this for you, but it would literally take days. Well, and the, the crazy thing now is that like with Spectrum anyway, they they don't separate. Like they're they're still separate, but they don't have different plan speeds for their home and business anymore. Like okay. business speeds you can get for the same price or better sometimes than you can get home speeds for. When I first got Spectrum, spectrum when it was time warner when i first got time warner at the store i you're right it was like i was paying 120 bucks a month for like 10 down and 0.5 up or something it was ridiculous okay and then now i get the exact same or better speeds at home for like 60 bucks a month or whatever at the store not counting the phone and everything oh nice so so they could make a deal and you could tell me that they could make a deal with spectrum at all those places and you tell me they wouldn't get some huge corporate discount like come on that that's just one of those things that like you go to a store like that again it's the image right you go to the store you're like hey we've got ipads we're cool we're techie and our internet sucks ass like we and we can't and and you're gonna be (laughs) sitting in you're gonna sit in line for 20 minutes while you can hear like shang 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 the 56k (laughs) modems booting up you know well and like that that was the other frustrating thing about gamestop too is that like they it doesn't seem like anybody corporate cares to like go out of their way to try and like make a better deal to fix some of the problems that the company has like like you talked about how the business class internet is is uh now cheap and easy to get uh at your store like you can't tell me that 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 same service can't be offered at the mall and at mm-hmm. the two stores that are in town. They could probably get it. They just don't. Just like when I was at um, when I was running the mall store, and the mall GameStop's rent is like eleven thousand dollars a month, and there were stores that would roll in to the mall, which is now very empty, and it would be like a frame store yeah. or a store selling <laughs> frames, and they'd be paying like a thousand dollars a month. And it's like, why didn't somebody at corporate renegotiate the contract so that way we're not paying $115,000 a year for rent when all of these other jokers are paying nothing? Well, John, I'll tell you why. Because they fired everybody at corporate who would do that job. Right. And they cleaned up. They cleaned house. I was so frustrated. Um, But yeah, I uh, I hear you. Yeah. But yeah, so anyway, getting back to the, the Microsoft thing. So what it is actually is that 
GameStop is going to get a cut of the digital revenue yes. from every Xbox Series system that they sell for who knows how long, possibly yeah. forever. So you're saying, um, so to clear, just to clarify for people who are listening, when they sell a system, they're going to get a partial amount of the revenue for every software that's bought and played on that system that's what you're saying yes yep so so i just want to make sure we clarified for everybody else if you buy an xbox series x and you go home and you download call of duty black ops 9 three years from now games the gamestop that you originally bought it from should get a residual sale from that and it's it's going to be like a tiny chunk of whatever you paid for that game But it's still money going to that store, and that is very much a cell phone store business uh, uh, thing. Uh, so, like, when you buy a, a new iPhone at a um, at an AT and T store, that store gets a residual payment for as long as you're a customer. So the the more the more lines that that store signs up and and retains the the more money they keep coming in so like that that's also why like AT&T stores they're they don't mind if you just come in to ask them like a tech question because they're still getting your money even if you buy nothing from them that day as long as they're able to maintain you as a customer mm-hmm. well, and so that's yeah. kind of the the thing that GameStop is is transitioning toward with this deal which is kind of huge yeah it's it's a pretty big deal it's actually also how a lot of the smaller credit card processors work is that oftentimes like that person will like get you signed up and then that person the agent makes whatever percent of all of your credit card transactions over the course of forever so it's in their best interest to like you know if if they sign up over 10 years a thousand people to two thousand people they're getting residuals on all of that it's actually kind of the idea behind youtube ad revenue as well where you make a video and then you're still getting ad revenue off of videos you made two three four years ago and so like you're Mm -hmm. building a library essentially that's paying you not that i would know much about that (laughs) (laughs) but um all joking aside it's funny i'd have to find the exact episode i don't know when it would be but probably about two years ago one of the things i talked about was the issue with the used game because we were talking about used games right and how there's always there was always a stigma with like big publishers like ea activision had issues with gamestop selling used games and that's Mm -hmm. why they created the online pass which i know it was a short-lived nightmare but a nightmare all the same and so you know it's my my solution to the problem was they should have had a better cut to GameStop for selling new games. Now at the time it was because we talk about that a lot on here. We talk about like if you buy a new game and you sell it for 60 bucks new, uh, like the deal I would get at a distributor is probably close to $50 to $52 a piece. That's what I'm paying mm-hmm. to sell a $60 game. Well, those markups suck. That's why they were selling used games cuz used games now I like to be closer to 50% value on used games, but a lot of places like GameStop, for instance, was doing 20 to 30%. So obviously yep. if you pay 30% of something, it's a lot different than paying what's, you know, if you're paying 50 out of 60, that's, that's, that's roughly like 80% of 
like there's no profit there basically is my point and so that's why GameStop had to do used games they would not have survived and thus brought me to my conversation about the ecosystem right like GameStop if they're not around to sell if you don't let them sell used games they won't be around to sell your new games and if you think that they don't move a lot of new games then you're wrong they do and they bring a lot of new games into the area which then can become used games and be part of their life cycle but it was never to me it was never like it was never one or the other And so this is an interesting partnership that I'm almost surprised took this long because throughout the Xbox One and PS4 era, I'm surprised they didn't make this deal Um, because this this is the perfect deal for a place like GameStop to stay relevant, but for a company like Microsoft to still have like boots on the ground because Microsoft closed all of their stores. And so the the curious thing I would have, though, is if they're going to make the same deal with other retailers. Because right now they've only announced GameStop, so don't you think Best Buy would get, want to get in on this, and 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 who else would want to get in on this? You know. True. Uh, well, and like when when Microsoft rolled out the Xbox One Sad Edition, the uh, the no disc drive digital only system, GameStop didn't sell them, and when someone traded them in, they didn't go they didn't get sold on the the sales floor. So like you didn't, you didn't immediately start selling them in the store that you traded them in at. What they would do is they send them back to corporate. And then I think they sold them sideways. So like they would sell them on like, um, GameStop would sell stuff on eBay and whatnot, or they would sell them to different retailers. And now that this deal is going forward, you're not going to see GameStop probably show preference toward the disc version of the system versus the digital anymore. Right. They're going to they're going to be just as happy for you to buy any system as long as you're buying it from them. Yep. No, that's and that's and that's kind of how the car dealerships ended up moving too as well. They moved away from you get a percentage of the money so you don't have someone trying to stick you in the most expensive vehicle. It was more like a quota like just sell vehicles. Like we don't care what you sell, just like get it sold. And clearly this is part of Microsoft's strategy which was get as many consoles in people's homes as you can or get as get as many people into our ecosystem. And so they have to they know that they've got some ground to make up and they know that they're they're in a new uncharted territory like with this um digital only i kind of idea like the the subscription based idea and so mm-hmm. you know that's that's their angle that's why they're not competing with sony as they claim and that's why they're competing with google and amazon because they've got a service that they want people to subscribe to um and so i, I find it just very interesting um so my next question to you then my last question to you about the story john is this enough to save the company because the reason i ask the stock price is like triple what it was just like six months ago. Now, part of it's because new systems, but this announcement was, it was a huge bump for them. And so what, uh, what is the stock price at? I think now it's at like 12. Damn. Uh, 12 was at $4. Yeah. Like six it's months ago, twelve twenty five here. And I think it was even a little higher after the announcement. Actually. Oh, that- you know what that's you know what sucks is uh, Josh from Limited Run Games just dumped all his GameStop stock. Yeah, he like, did. What it was at like eight bucks. So it's funny. <laughs> it's funny you mention him too because he was he always tweets out that people made fun of him for like buying GameStop stock when it was that low, and and okay. he was basically kind of like almost like nah 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 in their face, you know, because like well you know, but he it's almost like I wouldn't do that if I were you, dude, because you could have waited another week, well another month, and sold it for like. 
more than he got. Cause I want to say he sold it like 10. I think he bought it four or five. And so he okay. could have sold it 15, but in any case, it's just kind of funny that he still is like hung up on people that gave him a hard time about when he said he was going to buy it. <laughs> and like, he's still coming out and like trying to justify his decision. It's like, it's fine, dude. You made money. Who, why are you justifying to, to people on Twitter? Like who, who cares? You know? Well, and like, honestly, right before a console launch, as long as the company doesn't go out of business, uh, it's kind of a no brainer. <laughs> yeah. Like they're going to make money. Uh, and they're gonna, their stock price is gonna be okay, short of them, like, suddenly being like, oh, we can't afford to buy or launch consoles. Like, that that would be the only thing that would, like, possibly yeah. tank their stock in the next, like, month or two. Yeah, so, so I, I wanna, uh, I think that GameStop's gonna be the test run for Microsoft on this, and then, get ready for this, okay, tinfoil hat, where's my Hershey Kiss plushie tinfoil hat? What if Microsoft is using GameStop as the exclusive partner because if it fails, they could always blame it on GameStop. And they're <laughs> <laughs> like they're they're the they're the biggest punching bag, right? On the internet. Like you could you could you could put the program into place and if it didn't work, you could be like, well, see GameStop was struggling and it was an exclusive partnership with GameStop. So when they go to Best Buy or they go to Walmart and say, hey, we want to do the same deal and they, and those people look and go, it didn't work out so great with you and GameStop, they can go, well you know, GameStop's on the way down, you know, just telling you, you know, I mean, like I could see that again, tinfoil hat off, you know, back to reality now, but that I could yeah. see that I could see that working with them because it's, it's almost risk-free and you have a company in GameStop that has a lot to lose and they're kind of backed into a corner. And so they're willing to take risks and who knows, maybe they went to other places and maybe they, you know, maybe they went to, to Best Buy first and said, Hey, you get 1% of all revenue and Best Buy's like, we won't do it for under five. Walmart's like, well, we won't do it for under four. And GameStop's like, we'll do it for 0.5%. What do you got? <laughs> we'll do it for a quarter? A quarter a game? We'll do it. Um, so, no, that's just me being silly. But uh, So the other good thing about this deal um, is, so Microsoft announced their all-access program. And when Microsoft announced their all-access, like, subscription to the console program where you could pay 25 or 35 bucks a, a month. month yep yep gamestop also was like yeah we're gonna do a payment plan as well but it wasn't all access it was some it was gonna be something else that that yeah. gamestop was gonna do and it, there's no way in hell it would have been as good as all access period um and Correct. it probably would have had a, it probably would have had uh um probably wouldn't been zero percent interest like the Microsoft deal is, it would have, it would have been somewhere closer to Lone Shark percentages, <laughs> right? Yeah, you it would have been like Lee Bakken's uh, Rent a Center <laughs> style garbage, and yeah, so yeah. now that Microsoft has done this partnership with with GameStop, GameStop is going to be offering the uh, digital all or the all access program, the actual Microsoft all access program. So that's in another way, kind of like like moving toward phone service so like you're gonna probably have somebody on the tablet going hey let's get you set up with microsoft's all access and you could take your your xbox series x home today for no money down yep and like that that is you're probably gonna have a table at the store and you're probably gonna like have sit down just like you would in an at&t store and and set something like that up because that is something that will take a little bit more time, but in the long run will make GameStop residual revenue. Um, the the thing I'm curious about is 
will they give the stores more uh, payroll to have people in the store that can help educate the customers about those benefits if it's going to continue to pay off in the long run? Uh, I have an answer for you, John, and it rhymes with no. yo way in hell. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, okay, so back to my original question then. Is this enough to save them, buddy? Um, I think they're going to be... I, I would not write GameStop off for the next five or like four or five years. Like, I think they're still going to be around. Do I think that if you are three or four of my friends that still work at GameStop and I think you should leave this leave. Yes. I still think you should leave. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, um, honestly, most of uh, most of the people that we know that still work at GameStop are incredibly smart people that could probably do amazing elsewhere. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of them so. have looked too, and you know, not to get on a rant about this again, but like part of it is the fear of like, like right now, a lot of people, when you work there, you think that there's nothing better. That company was yeah. very good at like giving you the impression that there was nothing better out there for you. And everyone I've talked to that left, even people that went to like food service, like people that left and went to Quick Trip were like, man, that's just, it's just way better here. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like my brother went to work at a bank afterwards. It's like, oh, it's just really nice, you know, just really nice. I'm like, what? Well, and bankers hours are nice. Well, bankers hours are nice. <laughs> um, and so I, I completely a hundred percent agree with you. I think this is it, their outlook looks better now than it did six months ago. You yes. know, I think, you know, one thing I always said about working at GameStop and I know the same people aren't in charge now, but one thing I always said when I worked there was they were always incredibly good at pivoting when, when they saw the writing on the wall, they anticipated it and they, they, they were proactive about it. They didn't react to everything. They were proactive about it. So, I, I'm intrigued by it and, and I, I want to know more about it. And I, I, I know, and, and this is the truth. I, I've said this before. We always get flack for it from some knob in the YouTube comments, <laughs> but I believe that this will be the final generation of physical media, at least for Microsoft and Sony. Like they're getting so many people turned over to digital content that they're just going to flip the switch and next system is just going to be, it's just digital. Which actually, I had an interesting thought about that. So this is unrelated to what we're talking about. But imagine this. Imagine the next system or even the PlayStation 5 digital edition. That system, with the exception of the fan, has no moving parts. You know what's funny is I was thinking about <laughs> this today while delivering the mail. Um, <laughs> like literally the exact same line of thought. Uh, so where are you, where are you going to go with it? So, so my thought was, it reminds me, it's like gaming's coming full circle. We're going to start playing, but instead of plugging a cartridge in, you'll download everything. But this, this hardware generation, so PlayStation six and beyond should be more reliable as hardware. It mm. shouldn't have as many possible issues. It shouldn't, you shouldn't have, you're not going to have disk drives failing. You're not going to have uh hard drives failing as much. I mean, the solid states and the, and the way they start doing, um, like the NVMe memory and stuff like that's not gonna, that's not gonna die on you. Like, like you, you don't, you're not going to hear that drive start clicking, you know, that, that internal. Right. So it was just an interesting thought I had. I was like, well, it's kind of neat that it's almost coming full circle back, you know? So the thought I had was like, after seeing the teardown of the console and whatnot, and, um, 
if you think about it, so let's say you buy the digital edition of the PlayStation 5, and you pulled the fan out of that thing, not that you should, but if you pulled the fan out of that thing, there's literally no moving parts. That system really shouldn't make any noise, any noise whatsoever yeah. if you pulled the fan out of it, which is just a crazy thought. Because, mm-hmm. like, if I turn on my Dreamcast... It sounds like a damn spaceship <laughs> is landing in my living room. I always, I always, <laughs> I always thought the disc drive on a Dreamcast sounds like when you hit return on a typewriter, where it just goes. It sounds like, no, a, or like a laser printer. You know, like it's so loud. It's the fan that's so loud. Uh, actually, um, a couple months ago, I was like trying to potentially look for a replacement fan to mod and have it be quiet because, good lord, that thing is loud. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there's actually some really cool Dreamcast mods out there that, if you want to spend yeah. like six hundred bucks, you can really crank one out. <laughs> Did you ever see the the one that Metal Jesus has that looks like it's like the Fast and the Furious Underglow Dreamcast? It just it looks so bad. Nice. No, I haven't. There's someone in Australia making uh like custom Dreamcast shells, and they have all the official Sega okay. logo and everything on them, and they do like full black, but without the 2K Sports logo, and okay. like they have a bunch of see-through black and like see-through red. They're pretty cool, but two hundred dollars for Lordy, a reshell of a Dreamcast. Like, yeah, like this dude's taking people to school on these. There's is no it just, way. Is it just the shell, or does it, does he actually give you the system inside of it too? Just the shell, brother. Oh, it's brutal. I, back in the day, do you remember there used to be a um. The guy that ran Surfin' Bird in Green Bay is also a big gamer. Okay. And he had a video game store on the the west side of town over by Notre Dame Academy. And it was around when Dreamcast came out. And he would go to Japan and he would buy tons of crap from Japan and just ship it back. And so... Um, Solid plan. Yeah. And so when I was in high school... Uh, I bought a clear Dreamcast shell from his store and uh, reshelled my Dreamcast, uh, which is still the the same Dreamcast that I have right now. Um, That's awesome. And and that was just like the coolest the coolest place because like before your store existed, nobody had imports in Green Bay, Uh, so it was it was super weird. Like you could go and buy the Godzilla game on Dreamcast, and I I think I bought I bought a game called July for Dreamcast. That had a really cool cover that was all shiny and. I know exactly, dude. I have that game at the store right now. (laughs) I know exactly. It looks like the girl from the Grudge on the cover. I think. Yeah, it looks like a scary game, but it's. it's I think it's all about the month of July. Oh, I think it's a visual novel game, and you can't read any of it. Um, so, uh, I guess closing thoughts on that, John. I think it's a good thing for both parties. I think. uh, I think it's interesting. I find, and I feel like this is a deal they should have made in the PS3 360 era. Like, this is a deal that they should have said, hey, if you help us sell digital, we'll give you a kickback on that. Because they always felt like digital and DLC was their way to, to to screw over used game sales, as opposed to being like, hey... Because back then, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but, you know, there is... Like, I, I think used games are good for the ecosystem. I think they're important for, like, someone who may not have played a game before or a series might buy the first one used. I've seen it. I've seen them buy the first one used and then wait for the second one to come out new. And they'll buy yep. that second one new when it comes out, but they want, but they had to have an entry into it. And a lot of times, used games is an entry for people, especially nowadays. People are really tightening up right now. We got some some uh, financial issues in this country right now, and so like a lot of people want to tighten up and buy a ten or fifteen dollar used game. They're not going to go out and buy it new for you know thirty to sixty. 
Um, but so ultimately, though, GameStop did do one thing which I felt was always really inappropriate, and that was they trained us to push the used game over new. So if someone came up to the counter with a new game, you would say, hey, I have a used copy that's five bucks cheaper. Do you want to save five bucks? And most people, shockingly, would say yes. I mean, like five bucks to me, it seems silly, right? Like you just go, no, for five dollars, just have it brand new. But to most people, $5 is $5. And then once we had the used copy, then it was like, well, hey, do you want a subscription to Game Informer? You're saving five and a half bucks today. It only costs like $9 and you get a year of Game Informer and you get the free discount card. And then people were like, oh, okay. So then we got them into our ecosystem that way. But so I never liked that GameStop did that. I mean, I liked it in regards to it helped me like get numbers, but I didn't like it as a practice to the developers. Like when you talk about used games hurting developers, used games don't hurt developers in my opinion. But used, but pushing used and taking the sale away from a new one and making it a used one, which gives you all the profit, I always felt that that was damaging. And so they always played hardball with each other. GameStop was the only, was the largest, and they were the only video game retailer in the United States, essentially after buying or merging with EB. So there was, they had a lot of pull. And they were the king of the castle. So when they were when they were king and profits were riding high, they they manipulated that system to their own benefit. Well, now when times get tough, it was like, well, you don't expect Microsoft to bail you out, and I don't think this is a bailout. But you don't expect Microsoft to bail you out. But I wish that back in that era, they would have come to a deal like this instead of it being like a desperation move, which it kind of feels like two companies that are like a little more desperate to to get it done. <laughs> um. Now, the, the the thing I did like about having used copies of a game that just came out new is when it sucked. Because, like, when a game was terrible and a customer came up and you're like, oh, God, I know they're not going to like that piece of shit. And so you could be like, hey, did you want to buy that used? <laughs> Take the Because used it's one. not only cheaper, but if you hate it... You can bring it back within seven days and you can get something else or your full money back. And like Tony Hawk five would be a good example of that. <laughs> just be like, you could buy that new or you could buy it used or I could just kick you straight in the balls. Either way, either you're way. getting the same experience. Either, either way. Uh, <laughs> Painful and awful. Yeah. Uh, yes. All right, John, I'll give it to you. Uh, any last comments or closing thoughts about Microsoft having a special GameStop only deal linking their software and hardware sales. I think this is a cool idea. Um, I think it's probably pretty, it, it's consumer friendly um, because they're getting their, their all access into more stores. So you don't have to like, you don't have to go through like Microsoft's website to do it and wait for them to ship it potentially. Um, and I think it's, it's good for GameStop. Um, if you hate GameStop, though, you may not want to buy a console there because you'll be giving them money forever. Yeah, <laughs> forever. Yeah, for forever, forever. Yeah, until until that system dies, apparently. <laughs> All right, awesome, man. Well, so moving on, then we wanted to revisit a little bit of what we talked about last week, which was more stories. And this is part two. This is the final part because really, you don't have a lot more stories. But there were some stories I wanted to tell that got kind of lost in the shuffle last week because we had a long last week was starting to go long and I really wanted to kind of get through it and everything. So, uh, so I wanted to continue it this week. So we have right now, we're going to, we want to share a part two of 
tales tales from retail tales from video game launches <laughs> and uh, and i want to start so i'm i'm going to name drop this guy like i mentioned earlier in the podcast and i don't know what's going to happen uh i don't think i've seen the guy in 10 years though so i guess if you're listening and you feel offended i just want you to know sir that don't shop at my store no no not that not even that <laughs> not even that here's what I, here's what i want to say if you're listening if you're listening to this and you go man my feelings are hurt know that my feelings were extremely hurt when you did this to me. Okay, enough said. So, uh, let me start. Okay, this gentleman's name, and this was a customer that used to come into Bay Park Mall all the time. He was frustrating. You might know him. I don't know if he ever came into Bay Park still when you were there. I I swear I haven't seen him in forever. What's his first, last name, and social? So, uh, I don't know his social, but he has a very recognizable first, middle, and last name. So, his first name... He legally changed it. Okay. Um, I know of this guy. Okay. But I don't think I've ever actually seen okay. him. Or or if I have seen him, it was like somebody being like, hey, man, that weirdo over there is. Uh. Yeah. So, so his he legally changed his first name to legally changed his middle name. That, that was his okay. name when I knew him. So what, was his last name always or did, was that also I've, changed? Well, I don't know any brand named Nickel, so we're just going to go and say it's probably his real last name. I don't okay. know. I, I don't know. And honestly, like, <laughs> it is what it is. I'm, and, and again, I just realized I probably just doxed somebody. Like, don't like, don't go after somebody or anything. Like, I know people listening to this. We don't have a ton of people, but it is serious. And, like, this, this isn't like, he, you know, it's whatever. It's just a story. But the name itself is unique in that, like, where you're like, it's just, it kind of tells you about the person, right? Like, a person maybe very brand-oriented. You know, very much into branding. Uh, anyway, so so he he was very hell bent on getting an Xbox 360, like just hell bent on it. Like he had to have it day one. He was like he kept trying to come in and be like, "Hey man, I'll give you 50 bucks." Like personally, like just keep an eye out when they go on pre order. Like just put the money back down on it. Like he wanted me to do him a favor, and I'm like, honestly, man, I'm like we don't do things that way here. And and I I may not be working the day it goes live. Like it just we're not doing that. You know, we're not doing that. And uh, so I tried to get him to this to do that. And then so the days came into pre-order and the 360 had a very similar situation as did the PS3 like the PS2 where we pre-ordered a bunch because they didn't have like what they have now where they already have their quantities and pre-allocations and stuff and then you do pre-orders. We were doing pre-orders, yeah. you know, by the time we were doing pre-orders, we didn't know what we were getting. And so basically we over pre-ordered. And so it was like the first run of pre-orders were done. And when he came in, he's like, oh, I got a pre-order 360. I'm like, okay, man, hey, just so you know, it's for what we call our second shipment. And what that means is we basically put everyone in order who reserved it that day going forward in line. The next 10 we got goes to the next 10 people. Then if we get 10 after that, they go to the next 10 people. So we called it our second shipment, but it could have been second, third, fourth, fifth shipment, whatever. And Do you know how long it took to get your second shipment? Uh, I, I mean, it was within a couple weeks. I would say maybe two okay. weeks at the most. Like Microsoft was restocking them pretty regularly um and so you know so this person um which i'm not going to use their name anymore because now i feel like i might bleep it out so just don't use the name anymore um we'll just call him swoosh swoosh yeah i like it let's just do that so i'll probably end up beeping out his name just just because i don't know i feel kind of bad about it now um but anyway uh so he comes in and he comes into pre-order the system i said hey man uh just so you know this is not for day one anymore. This is going to be sometime in the weeks that follow 
within 30 days. I feel like GameStop had like told us that they're going to have X amount of systems in this pre-order window within the next 30 days because Microsoft had promised that many shipments or whatever. Okay. So so he's like, okay, totally cool, man. He's like, I understand how it is. You know, it's hard to get. I'm like, cool. Thanks for understanding. So he comes in the day of the system's release. He's like, I'm here for my Xbox, man. Like, uh, well, I don't have one for you. Like, I literally told you, and this was maybe a month earlier. I'm like, remember I told you you were in your second shipment. So, and then he starts throwing this huge fit. Oh, I'm gonna I want to call corporate. I, I want I want to call corporate. Where, who's your bosses? Like, who's your district man? And it's just <laughs> this huge fit. And I'm like, are you serious, dude? Are you serious? And I was just getting like really frustrated with it and and I, and you know so i'm just like hey man i'll try to get you one and so basically what we ended up doing was i think we bumped him to the front of the next shipment list and okay. so he ended up getting one like a week later you know and of course he comes he's like man i really appreciate it man thank you so much for all you do and i'm like man you're, just, you're such an asshole you know like people like that <laughs> just really piss me off and so fast forward to a year later when the wii and the ps3 are about to launch and uh, and he, and I remember, I don't remember the story specifically, so I'm gonna try to remember it as I tell it, and I'll try to remember if I remember anything different, I'll change it. But basically, something along the lines of, I'm super busy. I think I'm there all by myself, or it's me and someone else. You know, we're super crazy busy. And he comes in and he's like, "Oh man, I really want to reserve a a PS4 or a PS3." And I'm like, "Okay, well," and I don't think we could at that point either because those were gonna get delayed or whatever. And he's like, and that's when he offered again. He's like, "Hey man, I'll tell you what, I'll give you money. Just you hold on to it and just do me a favor, man. Like, I, I, you know, if you could do me a favor." You said something like that, and I was like, I'm "Like," uh, and I thought about it, you know. And they said something. I forget exactly what he said. But he said something like, "You know, I've hooked you up in the past. Like, you know, for the three, <laughs> like he said something like that. Like, he's like, remember the Xbox? Like, I took care of you when the Xbox came out, and like, I could have totally." gone up the chain and got you in trouble for that. Remember when I didn't get my Xbox and I just, I stopped and I looked at him and I just went, dude, get out of here. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't like kick him out of the store, but I said, like, I said, honestly, I said, I've got other customers to help. And I said, I'm not going to listen to you. Try to tell me that like, I need to do you a favor. And like, basically I forget how it all kind of went down now. Cause it's been so long. That's if you can believe it, that was 14 years ago. Good Lordy. And <laughs> so like, I just remember though, like he said something along those lines. I thought you asshole, like you, you treated me like garbage a year ago. And then you come in and because I can't do you a favor, not because I did something wrong, because I can't go out of my way to do you a favor. Then you're like, I should be thanking you, you know? And I just, man, what an entitled attitude. And I just got so, so pissed off. And, and, and that ties into my next story, which was about the PS3 launch. So the PS3 launch, like I said, with 360 and PS3, we pre-ordered more than we got. So when I started calling customers, unfortunately, this wasn't like the PS2. This was much deeper in the era of the internet. So I called people and someone had already broken the story. Like someone had emailed, you know, IGN or whatever it was and said, hey, you're going to start getting people who pre-ordered PS4, uh, PS3s at GameStop are going to start getting phone calls from GameStop telling them that they're not going to get one. It was an okay. article that broke. And I remember I was at work that day. And so one of the first people I called because initially like we had like 10 of them like 10 60 gigs and i think we had like four extra four, uh 20 gigs so we thought hey if we can get four of the 60 gigs to convert to 20s we'll get four more of those because we had like extra 20s but we were short 60s and uh and and so i called the first lady and i just go hey it's great from gamestop uh how are you she's like well i'm good and you better not be calling to tell me i'm not getting my ps3 and i was like <laughs> uh well no i said well you get yours i said but what we're doing is we're just calling to see if anybody wants to switch to the 20 gig 
I said, but no matter what, you're going to get yours day one because you're the first person to reserve one or whatever, you know? And she was just like, attitude, 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 you know? And like, so anyway, <laughs> so that launch was a mess. And so I had one pre-ordered because I was excited for the PS3. Um, I, I bought a PS2 on launch. Dreamcast was the first system I ever bought on launch. And then I bought a PS2. Loved the PS2 so much. I was like, yeah, I got to get a PS3, especially since it plays PS1 and PS2. Like, it was that awesome machine. Plays everything. It was great. So I had mine pre-ordered. Well, corporate sends an email down the chain. Hey, employees. Employees, you have to give up your pre-orders to customers. Sorry, but customers are more important than employees. I'm like, oof. Okay. I mean, I kind of, I got it at the time. I was like, I mean, I, I understand it. I still think it's crap. But from an optics perspective, I also get it. Like, oh, hey, they pulled back everyone's pre-orders, but all four GameStop employees got theirs. So how fair is that? Yeah. Right? So I do, I do get it to an extent. Um, however, so I was fine with it. And I actually didn't end up buying a PS3 until the March after because I, I want a just a shitload of money at the casino. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um, but so anyway, so I sell mine and I remember like, I don't remember exactly how I knew it was my system, but I remember like, so one of the guys came in and I was like, Hey, I'm like, yeah, unfortunately, like we had the shortage I said, but you know, corporate and it was somebody I kind of knew as a regular. So I said, yeah, you know, I said, this was actually supposed to be mine, but uh, because we were shorted out, you know, we're trying to help out all the customers, make sure you get yours first. He's like, Oh, that's so cool, man. It's so cool. Thank you for doing that. I'm like, Hey, no problem. Guy comes in like a week later. You will not believe it, Craig. I sold that thing for two G's on Craigslist. <laughs> I made so much money on that thing. He's like, thank you for getting that for me. And all I think to myself was, man, what is, <laughs> man, <laughs> I didn't know what to say. You know, I was just, I was done with it. I was like, fine. Uh, and, and then, so just, just, uh, quickly because I touched on it and this is actually my last launch story. So then John, any other stories you have, we'll go back to you. Cause I know I'm talking a lot sure. here. Um, but so I won a bunch of money at the casino. I do want to tell the story because this is, this is kind of wild. So, um, I used to play a card game. I don't play slots. I don't like them. Uh, but I love table games and I mostly play blackjack, but, okay. uh, there is a game at the casino called let it ride and let it ride. You don't play against anyone. You just try to make the best hand and you get paid for the best poker hand you make. So you get three cards and then you have to get at least like Jackson above, like a pair of jacks. And then if you get like two pair or you get three of a kind, you get paid more for the better poker hand you make out of these cards. And okay. Brent, Brent and I went to the casino a lot, you know? And so, so Brent and I called it the slow, the, the slow death because you, you lose your money a lot slower than in other games, but you always lose okay. it. Like it's almost impossible to win, but it's fun. You can go to the casino, the hundred bucks and play for like five hours. And I'm like, this is great. You know? So anyway, um, they, the way it's, it's, it's very strange, but this is not like many other table games, but the way they shuffle that game is they shuffle you three cards at a time. So they have an automatic shuffler. It shuffles all the cards. They give three cards to the first player, three to the second, three to the third, three to the fourth. And then the dealer gets two cards. So you actually have three bets on the table. I know this is kind of confusing. I won't go into all the detail, but you have three bets on the table. So I had, I want to say I had, I had 10, 10 and 10. So I had 30 bucks on the table. And so say you look at your cards and you don't have a winning hand yet, you can actually sweep the cards back and you'll pull back one of your bets. So that way you don't lose that money. Then when, after it goes through everybody, the dealer shows one card. And if you still don't have a winning thing, you can pull back your second bet. Hence why it's the slow, the slow loss. It's a very slow okay. game, but you don't lose as much. Like you don't lose your whole bet. And then if say at the end, you don't have anything that wins, you have to leave your final bet on the table. And then you lose that if you don't have any good cards. So I have 30 bucks on the table and I get my three cards shuffled to me 
and I flip them over and it's three eights in a row. So this machine, this auto shuffling machine shuffled three eights in a row. Okay. So I'm like, that's incredible. And I think three of a kind pays like, oh, I think it was like 10 to one or something like that or eight to one. So I was like, holy crap, I just made like 250 bucks. Like, the, holy crap. I'm like, this is amazing. So I tucked the cards. And I'm just sitting there waiting patiently like, oh, I'm going to win. Now I was the far left of the table. So I was the last player before the dealer. The dealer flips their first card. It's an eight, which means that the automatic shuffler shuffled eight or shuffled four eights in a row in its shuffle. <laughs> That's got to be impossible odds. I don't even, I can't even fathom the, the percent chance of that. So then when I see that, my hand, because you use the dealer's hand to go along with yours to make the better hand. So I now have four of a kind, which pays okay. 50 to one. Holy crap. So I won $1,500 on one Damn. hand of cards yeah and so i went so i immediately went to my store and i bought a ps3 because we had the 60 gigs in at that time it was like march or april it was like in the spring and i remember just thinking like i remember sitting there too like very cautiously because you know there's all these weird rules like oh you can't talk to your other players you can't give hints about other things you know so like i was worried that they were gonna try so i wasn't saying anything so like they flip over my cards they flip over there uh and and that's the thing too is i'm pretty sure that this game only uses one deck of cards so okay. it's not like it uses 10 decks and there's like, you know, 48s in there. Like it's one deck of cards. And so I'm like, oh my God, like, uh, uh, and so then the dealer flips over and goes, oh, uh, and then they have to call the pit boss over. They actually had to count every card in the deck that we used because it was like a loss prevention thing so that they knew I wasn't okay. cheating. Crazy, man. Just crazy. So I won $1,500 on one hand of cards which led me uh, led me to my PS3. So I did get mine eventually, but unfortunately I didn't get it at launch because I gave it up to someone who, you know, has had to, yeah. <laughs> anyway. I'm, I'm not a gambler, but like, so so like the three times that I went to Vegas for GameStop for manager conference, the I, I spent $8 on a Simpsons video <laughs> poker, or video like slot machine just because i wanted to see what it would do um like animation wise okay <laughs> so i threw eight bucks into it one one nothing what whatever but like um on my last trip to vegas i was hanging out with some guys and um they're playing poker at uh i think it was the new york new york casino and i'm watching him play and he's been playing for like 45 50 minutes <laughs> and i was like how are you doing he's like oh i'm up by 15 bucks i'm like you know you're making your wage right now right <laughs> like, <laughs> like the amount of money you won is what you would make in an hour worth of just work <laughs> so what's funny about that when you say that is i i love blackjack and if i could play blackjack for four hours and lose $200, I'm happy with that. Like, to me, that goes... And I, not that I want to lose money, but, like, to me, it's fun. I love playing the game, and there's an excitement to it all. And, and with Blackjack, I play... I usually play two-deck Blackjack, um, and so there's more of a strategy to it. Like, you have to... And I'm not saying I count cards, like, not in the way that they show, like, in, in the stupid movies, but, like, you, you do... You are aware of what cards are in play. So, like, you know that I've already seen this many face cards chances are the dealer does not have a face card and so there's a lot more there's some strategy that goes into it um so like if i look at that like if i have 200 bucks and i lose it all but i got to play blackjack for a couple hours i'm pretty happy with that like that's that's a that's like i would i would have paid 200 dollars to have a beer at lambeau field you know 
<laughs> so, <laughs> See, for me, I would just be like, like every time I'd lose a hand, I'd be like, $15? God damn it! Well, and since <laughs> since we're on casino and gambling stories, I'll, I'll tell one of... I'll, I don't want to tell this story because it's embarrassing, but it's it's embarrassing for me because it's like one of my cringiest moments that like every now and then my brain just goes back to it and it makes me cringe so hard. Was a fedora involved? No, 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 no Doras, buddy. Um, okay. So, <laughs> so I was, um, I was playing blackjack on a table and there was a, the, the woman dealer was heavy set. Okay. Like overweight. I don't, I don't know how to say like how much, if I had to guess Snorlax. No, I'm not going to do that. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to be that mean. I'm just so, so she was overweight a, a, a good amount. Is that is that okay. fair to say? Okay, I don't know if that's fair to say. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Okay, you see Greg twenty twenty. She was more like Greg twenty ten. <laughs> okay. So so like more round than pencil shaped. I don't know. Anyway, she was she was um just a big um and so uh so she's dealing cards and I I, I get like a sixteen and I always hit on sixteen um it. Now the odds to hitting or not hitting, hitting or staying on sixteen are, are similar. But whatever you do, you should be consistent. That's a rule in blackjack. Be consistent in your play. Um, always split aces and eights. Um, I either either always hit on sixteen or don't, uh, unless you saw something in the cards, right? So for the most part, though, consistent play is important. So anyway, uh, I, I hit on sixteen, and uh, and I think I got like nineteen or something. I was like, cool, I'm gonna stay. And she flips over. I think she's got like 13. And so she hits and it's like two and then three and she hits like another two. And so she's still, so a dealer has to keep hitting until they get past a, like a soft 17. And so I forget what it was. I forget what she had. Maybe it was even less than, maybe it was like eight and then it was 11 and then it was 13. Like she kept getting small cards. That's the point. She kept getting small cards. And I just looked at her and I said, how many little ones you got in there? Okay. I was referring (laughs) to the cards. Okay. The cards. She just looks at me and goes, just one, all upset. Like, she was talking about she was pregnant with one baby. <laughs> and I and I said, how many little ones? Like, she thought I was asking how many little ones she had in there because she was so big. And I'm like, no, not, no. So every time I think of that story, I just die inside because I never, like, explained better <laughs> what I meant. So in my head, I'll lie awake at night sometimes and I'll be like, oh, I should have said this. And I'm having a hypothetical conversation I should have had. Well, that was probably, well, that was probably 13 or 14 years ago. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think you should probably just ask every pregnant woman that question. <laughs> yeah, I just I just walk up to every pregnant lady I see and say, hey, how many little ones you got in there? Um, Make sure to rub, rub and touch the belly yeah. belt while you're asking. Just kind of. <laughs> women like you, love that. You, you, finger, you got finger drums, like you just start. <laughs> how many little ones you got in there? Uh, okay, so that's it. That's all I've got for launch stories. Um, I guess lastly, I would say I left GameStop the day before the launch of the 3ds so my last day of work was the saturday before the sunday that the 3ds launched so the 3ds would have been my last console launch but i left before it came out technically the day before and uh you know i don't know like the ps4 um i had it pre-ordered i'm pretty sure (laughs) i mean like you said i don't really remember it um i know i got my xbox one and the controller was defective out of the box um, nice. and thankfully, cause it was that, you know, that day one edition. So thankfully someone had had a defective system and they gave me the working controller out of that defective system. I put my defective controller with that defective system and they got, they sent it out, but 
Which, oh. which is funny because the controller that you use at the store is an Xbox Day One Edition controller. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's mine. That's my original one at the store. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, because that's actually my original Xbox we use at the store because, hell, I'm not using it at home. Um, and then I remember, <laughs> so I'll also say, so I remember when the Wii U launched, I had it pre-ordered at the De Pere GameStop. And it's one of the first pieces of content I ever did for YouTube was my Wii U unboxing video. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's not on the drop rate <laughs> channel. It's uh, it's on um, the Brothers and Sandy channel, but my brother and I were doing okay. it. Um, but... Uh, yeah, man, that was like the first one of the first pieces of content I ever did. I've actually thought about uploading the Brothers and Sandy content to Drop Rate because um, I mean, why not? And I actually watched some; it was pretty good. Like, I did some scripted content, like games you never played, and it was like obscure games that maybe you never heard of. But I don't hmm. know. I mean, that, now it's not so obscure. Like one of the games was Snatcher, you know. So it's like, well, it's not really, <laughs> it's not super obscure anymore. Like it was kind of obscure in 2010, but. Uh, but anyway, what what about you? Uh, I've been yapping on forever here. So uh, you brought up the PS4 launch. So the only thing I remember about the PS4 launch is that before launch, like a couple days before, they sent us like um, these launch kits. And they had PS4 uh, temporary tattoos that just had the PS4 logo <laughs> on them. And okay. I put I put the PS4 <laughs> tattoos on my uh, my cheeks. Like right underneath my eyes, like uh, a college football like, player. <laughs> yeah, almost like football, <laughs> like black paint. And I remember putting them on, and I have pictures of putting them on. But I do not remember at any point removing those tattoos from my face. <laughs> they were just gone the next day, and I was like, "What happened to those?" Well, yeah, I'm just curious. They're they're on your <laughs> pillowcase somewhere. That's like a like Tim Tebow. He had the black tape and always had like John three sixteen. Yep. I think was the the Bible verse he would put on there. So uh, yeah, it was John, John PS4. <laughs> uh, and then my my Xbox One launch was pretty cool. Uh, so I'm a weirdo. Oh, uh, this is this was also very common. If you ever came to a midnight launch or a launch of anything, and I was the store manager. Um, you were probably going to hear Carly Rae Jepsen's uh, Call Me Maybe and other sorts of things. I really enjoyed playing <laughs> super not macho music during, like, Call of Duty launches. <laughs> so I had, like, this crappy song mix on my phone that I would hook up to the stereo system and play just just the goofiest music while we were launching a system. I don't think I ever um, went to you because Bay Park Mall never did Midnight's. Like, or it, when they did, like, you had to go to another store and do, like, the, the yeah. half-half. So I think, I mean, I pretty much just went to Mason Street, I think. This this was mostly, like, when I was up in Marinette. Ah, yes. Um, So my Xbox One launch, uh, I brought my Xbox 360 consoles in, and I hooked up a couple TVs, and I had a contest, and the contest was the fastest person to record, and uh, we recorded the times, fastest person to a thousand achievement points in Avatar got a free game. Because uh, <laughs> the game Avatar, Avatar and though. Xbox... <laughs> no, you get a free... Uh, the, the game I was giving away was NBA Live 14, because uh, they gave me a free copy of that, and I did not care about it. Wait, isn't and that, so that was is it fifth? Which one is it that's super rare? Uh, NBA Elite never came out. That's right. Um, but there are some copies the, floating around out there, though. Yeah, there were. They 
filtered out of uh, out on eBay, and there's probably like less than ten, I would guess. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I was gonna give away NBA Live 14 to the fir- person that beat Avatar and got well, didn't even beat. You can get all of the achievements in Avatar in about two minutes. Um, <laughs> so uh, if anybody's actually rolled credits on that game, I'd be amazed. <laughs> um, so that was one of the things we had, and then I had my Japanese Xbox 360 there, and a whole bunch of Japanese shooters and like other weirdo games, and so. I was basically like letting people play like Death Smiles and and these other crazy ass games because like Death Smiles is a Halloween themed game and then Death Smiles Two is Christmas themed and so at the end of Death Smiles Two you fight Satan Claus, mm. uh, classic <laughs> Demon Santa. <laughs> uh, so so we were playing those games and then uh, I also brought um, there's a game called Gal Gun. Uh, which Gal Gun is uh, is a first person light gun shooting game that doesn't have a light gun. Uh, it would be substantially better if it did have a light gun. Uh, but you are shooting pheromones at girls to make them reach climax by shooting them in the face, chest, or groin. Uh, and when you did that, they would drop to their knees and go. Yeah. That's so. Um, that's so messed up, man. That's so stupid. Like I, I like yeah. funny nerdy. <laughs> it's so stupid. But I also get that uh, you were playing it ironically. So yes. Uh, and so, <laughs> uh, before we, before I let anybody play that game, I told them like I'm like this is the content that's going to be in it. So if you have a problem with that, step ten feet that way and don't watch. <laughs> so we played. We played that at the the launch. And uh, it was a good time. I think pretty much everybody enjoyed themselves, and we sold some consoles. Well, so I always said this, John. Uh, I, I I always appreciated you going and doing the extra that you did, um, because, and I, and what did I always tell you? I'm sure you remember this. I always told you I I wouldn't be surprised, like if you just came to one day and said you got like fired, you know, <laughs> because <laughs> you, you you were always thinking outside the box, which that's what you want in a manager. Now that's not necessarily what GameStop wants in a manager. They really don't. They want this cookie cutter, follow the book, do everything in a corporate way. So that it's all consistent. So I get that. But then I remember for a while, they're like, but do midnights and have fun events. Like, well, what's our budget? There is no budget, nothing, literally (laughs) nothing. So like, okay, so let's get creative. I mean, we used to buy pizza out of our own pockets as managers. So we could have pizza at midnights and they're like, well, just, just call your, your local pizza place, tell them you'll give out their flyers or coupons. They'll give you free pizzas. I'm like, nobody does that. Like, right. <laughs> like, I don't know if it was some, like some place in Chicago or New York was doing that for a while, but not certainly not us. My, my best worst launch was Batman Arkham Asylum or not Arkham Asylum, Arkham city. So we had an awesome launch. We had like probably like 150 pre-orders. It was kind of crazy. And, I did a raffle where we had, they sent us like 10 t-shirts, um, a whole bunch of posters, two standees, uh, and then they had just recently pennied out copies of uh, DC Universe Online, but <laughs> sure. the, the discs would give you exclusive content if you had them, uh, so it was, it was still worth taking a copy home. And then we also had copies of Fear 3. Fear 2, 
because it was a pre-order bonus for Fear 3, but they sent us way more copies than we needed. <laughs> right. And so we had all of that stuff to give away as freebies. And so we did a raffle where basically everybody got a ticket and you could put it in whatever jar you wanted to win from. And enough people basically like looked at the jars and were like, all right, well, I have very little chance of getting a video game, but I'm cool with the t-shirt or whatever. And so basically everybody got what they wanted at that or from that raffle, which was pretty sweet. And then we did a first to play event where I brought in my big 40 inch TV. I put it on the back counter and then uh, let people play like the first uh, probably 20 minutes of the game. And uh, it was awesome. Like it went really well. I think I, I bought pizza as well. Like you said, I bought a bunch of uh, little Caesars and like I, as as an assistant manager, like I owned the hell out of that launch, and I felt really, really, really proud of it. And I liked that everybody got what they wanted. There was probably like eighteen people that went home with free games. And then the next day, we got a complaint, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> and the complaint was that somebody was angry. Because we spoiled the opening of the game for them by doing the first to play event on on the TV, which wasn't even now, your first, idea, <laughs> right? The first to play event is a GameStop initiative thing that like they they want you to set up with your demo unit and like throw the disc in and let people play it. And uh, the other the other funny thing about the that first to play event is. Uh, if you go home and you if you would have redeemed the download code that was inside of the box for Batman Arkham City, it's actually a different opening. You open the game opens as Catwoman, not as Batman. Right, right. But if you don't have the DLC downloaded, it opens as Bruce Wayne. And so this guy went home after getting I know for a fact the guy that that wrote the negative thing got a free copy of Fear Two. Uh, and his brother, who's a twin, got a free T-shirt. And his brother was super nice. And and the other twin wrote this freaking negative review. So they got the free stuff just, not because of the review, but because like at the because, event. Because yeah. yeah, they just because I ran a nice event and had and I and I cultivated all this free crap. How dare you! And and he went home after getting a free game. And said they spoiled the first five minutes of the game, and and th- you shouldn't do this. And it was like you dick. And and for the people that don't know, negative reviews are a big deal for retailers. A very big like, deal. Yeah. So like if 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 you go home and you write a negative review, your that that manager is going to hear about it, and and their district manager is probably going to be like, why why did this happen? Blah blah blah. Like like write somebody up yep sort of thing well and and yeah sorry go ahead i'll be finished yeah and and like it, it was such a such a piss poor move by that guy and so then i i had to figure out which twin was which so that way i could like secretly like hate one of them but not the other one mm. because uh, they were identical <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so another thing i don't think people realize about those surveys is it doesn't matter what the issue was it's always going to get blamed on the store. So if you say something like, oh, you know, like 
the the poor girl working was like they were slammed um and my order was wrong or not even something like that just say like they were slammed and it took like an extra 20 minutes to get my drink the district manager should or they should hire more people or something like they should get more hours like even if you do you think you're helping you're not because the, the all those complaints go directly like to the store and then the district manager will just look at you and say like what'd you do wrong why'd you do this you're like well i didn't do anything like i don't have payroll give me some more payroll well other stores aren't having that happen <laughs> <laughs> well, no, other stores aren't going to get complained about. So, yeah, like what I would say is if you give a product a negative review on, say, Amazon or something like that, you know, it's not that big a deal. A, a negative survey is crushing to that to that person and to that store and everything. So if you like a place and you got a bad one, just maybe think twice about doing a negative review. Sometimes it's better to call the store, talk to the manager. And then if you talk to the manager and they're like a total like shit about it, then it's like, all right, here's your survey. You, you dumbass. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If, if that's what I do. Like if, if I ever have an issue with somebody, like I'll generally take a manager aside and I'll let them know like, Hey, like that was, that kind of sucked. But if, if the manager doesn't care, then it's like, all right, I am writing you a negative survey. <laughs> yeah, here we go. We're going up the food chain. Um, my, my favorite thing to do with surveys, though, is I love uh, – I, I do this mostly at uh, places like Red Robin because they have the little kiosk there that you can actually fill up the survey at the table. Um, I like giving all positives, so like 5 out of 5, 10 out of 10 sort of thing. Uh, but then write the most insane possible comment – in the comment field that you possibly can uh, just so that way when people, because, because the, the employees usually will get the survey back and they'll be able to read the comment. And I like to just, just know that they're getting that survey back going, what the hell? Who is this person? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like what happened? Thank you for five stars. Yeah. But what? But what? <laughs> yeah. Dave does that a lot too. He'll, he'll fill out like Taco Bell surveys and give like a perfect score and then say things like, you know, it was a little weird, you know, when my burritos came wrapped like inside out, like the paper was inside the burrito or, you know, something like he just makes up this wacky, <laughs> this wacky, wild story uh, from like, like, and it goes on for like a paragraphs and paragraphs of nonsense, which no one yep. probably reads, but yep, in any case, they get their good reviews. So, um, but yeah, so that was fun. And we have a lot more GameStop stories and I have more launch stories for like games, like Call of Duty and stuff like that. But um, so maybe we'll make that a, uh, another, we'll revisit that sometime you know maybe oh uh i was gonna ask you uh oh yes if you could think of what uh what's the worst what's a launch game that you were excited about that you ended up not liking at all are you talking about one that i bought because i did tell my story about blue stinger last week but i ended up not uh, buying that so we'll do one that you bought so if it's one that i bought um well i was trying to think about the ps3 launch and i thought i don't remember the ps3 launch it was so forgettable and then uh, I thought about the PS4, and I would say probably Killzone was probably like, okay. and I wasn't even that excited for it. I think I was just like, "There's nothing to play on the PS4," and you know, and I say that as someone who loves the PS4, and it it grew into a monster this generation. But that launch was rough, and and I say this as someone who does you know who prefers PlayStation over Xbox. The best launch title between those two was Dead Rising Three on the Xbox One. That game was yes. way better. If that had been multi like a um, multi-platform that, that game would have probably sold infinitely more but it was only made because microsoft pointed up the cash so it's fine but I, I remember thinking like wow this game is the best launch title that came out between both systems and it was on the system i didn't even really want <laughs> yep uh so my biggest launch or disappointment is probably watchdogs 
Sure, sure. I loved the Assassin's Creed games. Uh, I loved the the Rainbow Six Vegas uh, uh, and Tom Clancy games. And so generally there was like probably like a 10 to 15 year span where Ubisoft could do no wrong. Sure. And, and Watch Dogs looked like it was going to be modern day Assassin's Creed. So I was excited about it. And it just... Like I just didn't like the the main character. Um, it like I didn't like his motivations for doing anything. Like his um, uh, the the hacking. Like when you could like walk by somebody and like steal all their money out of their bank account. Like I felt like a dick. I was like that would be awful because <laughs> yeah. you you could do it. You just press a button and you'd be like, all right, you just stole seventy dollars from that guy. It's like that sucks. And then like. I even tried. I tried to play it again, like probably six months ago, and I was like, "I don't know how the hell this game works. The user interface was confusing. Like, I couldn't <laughs> figure out how to start a mission. It was like, what the hell? Like, this game was terrible." So, so that game actually, like, I loved everything about that game. The idea of it, I liked the look, I liked the character, I liked the story. And then I got into a vehicle and I started driving, and like, it's sloppy, like. I call it loose butthole, like like loose butthole driving, and like it's just sloppy ass controls. And then, so you had loose butthole controls, and then, and then when you'd hit a car, like I hit a semi, and I pushed the semi backwards because the car physics were like your car is the main weighted <laughs> thing, and I was like, this game sucks. And I just, I, mean, I never played it, and I didn't even play the second one, which I've heard is infinitely better. But I yeah. never played it because, I, you know, the first one just like did me wrong. Well, you know what's funny about that that loose butthole vehicle control is they went to those guys and went, you know what? These guys should make a cars-only game. And they made uh, <laughs> uh, the crew and the crew too, which, which again, are amazingly ambitious, awesome ideas that just suck to drive. So I, th- I thought that the crew was done by Reflections. They did the first... Uh, the crew is done by... The first crew, like, I thought... It's like Ivory Tower or something like that. I see. I, I swear the first crew was done by the team that did Driver and Stuntman, and is that not Reflections? I think they did part of it, but like the every Ubisoft game is a as a collaboration oh, sure. between nine hundred yeah. million different uh, different developers, and so I'm pretty sure that part of the team that did the the driving in uh, in Watch Dogs One was was relate or was the team that went on to do the crew. Ah. But yeah, the the crew. Holy crap! Is that a cool world? And God, do the cars suck? They suck. The driving sucks ass. I don't know how you well, make an all driving game and the driving sucks ass. It's like literally the first thing you should do is make the driving not suck ass. Also, they <laughs> they punish you for wanting to try new cars because that that game is more like an MMO where like you've built up your character and so like you're you're now like a level eighty five mage. <laughs> and you don't want to start over because you've put 300 yeah. hours into that mage and and changing cars in the crew is like changing and like starting over and being like, all right, I'm going to be a level one ma- or level one rogue now. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to be able to kill anything. I'm not going to be able to win any races. So, yeah, it, it, it was like, like like you'd earn parts and you'd be like, hey, I earned a muffler for a car I don't want to use. <laughs> yeah exactly uh, uh good anyway times. screw so, the crew so screw the crew that that's our new not the brew crew 
the screw crew. <laughs> um, all right, John. So we have our pickup piles of the week. We have our, uh, but more importantly, well, is it more important? I don't know. It doesn't matter. We have our games of the week. So why don't you go ahead and tell me your game of the week? Let's get started. Uh, I feel like I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal some of your thunder because um, I, I I know that this eventually will be probably one of yours. Uh, <laughs> the souls of I, demons. I picked Demon Souls, and I picked it because I am super excited to play the remaster of this. I am too. Um, I you know what's funny is I have like both consoles coming out. I want like I'm more of an Xbox guy. But I don't. There, like, if you were like, "Hey, what Xbox launch game do you want to play?" I don't know. I want to play Demon Souls yeah. real, real bad. Demon Souls um, and Miles Morales. I mean, my goodness. Well, and like, so when I originally played this game on PS3, I put probably forty or fifty hours into it, and then like, I didn't. I never beat it. Um, I got to. Uh, I think I got to like the the fourth area in the game and then dark souls came out and i i played dark souls and i beat dark souls and i i got super into it and i went back to demon souls and i realized that i was playing the entire game very 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 stupid um (laughs) so i don't know i don't know if you've ever like come to the realization that you're playing something completely wrong um but in in the souls games for people that aren't aware you really should have a shield at all times and whatever weapon you want to use. Typically, um, so that like, is a, that's the loadout, yeah. Yeah, so, and, and, like, with your shield, you kind of run in with your shield up if you don't know the area, so that way if somebody comes and surprises you with, like, an arrow or, like, sneaks around a corner, you, you're, you're going to take a hit, but it, it won't do you much damage. So, in this game, I never used a, a shield. I used, I had a catalyst in one hand for casting spells, and a short sword oh, in the other hand. My, my god, man. <laughs> so I had no way to defend against anything coming my way. So I died so many times. What, what's funny about that is, so when I made a character, like they have preset you know, classes or whatever, but the classes are mm-hmm. totally flexible, but they have preset ones. And I went, oh, I'll, I'll make the barbarian, you know? So like the barbarian is just like a no armor club user. And so the okay. only real difference between him and the knight is the knight gets full freaking armor and a sword and a shield. <laughs> so, like, I started playing the game like, wow, this is really hard. Why is it so hard? Oh, yeah, because I picked, like, the guy that starts with nothing, <laughs> you know. Oh, but it was – but a, but an incredible game, though, man. I, I have a funny story about that game, too. So I went to conference the year that that was going to come out, and uh, there was – Atlas had a little booth, like the smallest booth you've ever seen, one TV – and that game as a demo. And so okay. I so I, I, I dropped by and nobody was walking by. I'm like, oh, I've heard of this. And I actually thought originally that Demon's Souls was like a four-player co-op RPG. So I was getting ready to like, I don't know, whatever I read, that's what my pre um, incorrect preconceived notion was. And so I went into the game, I started playing it, and, and the guy just wouldn't like get his hands off the controller. Like he kept saying like, Oh, I can kind of walk you through the demo. Cause it's kind of a hard game. Like, Oh, well I, I get it. I'm like, do you mind if I, you know, and he's like, let me play. And then every five seconds be like, okay, now here, check. And he would like grab the controller. I'm like, dude, just get off of me, man. Like, just let me play it. You know? But I, obviously he was worried that it's a difficult game and he didn't want people turned off by it. But like yeah. Atlas, when, when you think of Atlas, you don't think of them having a tiny corner booth, one person working it with one small, like 19 inch TV with a PS three hooked up to it. 
and this unknown game, Demon Souls. <laughs> um, so I played it though, and I was like, yeah, it's fun. I'm gonna get it because it's co-op. And then I ended up buying it, and and I bought the collectors that you have there as well. And uh, what's funny is they never made a, stra- a strategy guide for the game, except in that collector's edition. That strategy guide that's in there is the only reference to any strategy guide they have. And yep. And and uh, but yeah. So anyway, that was my story though. Was I went to conference and I played it, and I was like, this guy won't just like let me play it. And so eventually, I got to the point where I said, okay, well, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get going. I just kind of walked away the last time he took the controller away. <laughs> <laughs> those those guided demos are like the worst parts of playing a game before it's out. Like, um, I had a guided demo of uh, the uh, Battle or Shadow Mordor, and then I also they also did one for one of the Assassin's Creed games. And like, I I don't like when I play demos at conference. I kind of just touch the controller for a little bit. And, like, I'll run around for a little bit, and then I'm done. Because, like, I know I'm going to buy the game anyway, so, like, I don't necessarily need to play it for 35 minutes. And mm-hmm. guided demos are super awkward because they're, like, prepared for you to play the game for, like, 15 to 20 minutes as they talk you through the whole thing. And it's like, uh, I, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, Have yeah. a good one. <laughs> it, it's awful. <laughs> I'm going to yeah, walk so away now. <laughs> if any of you are, are in the marketing business or in like, just, just don't do that. Don't, don't like, just let people play it, man. And if they, and if they screw off and they suck at it, like Dean Takahashi playing Cuphead, just let them burn, man. It's fine. Just, just let them have it. The reason why guided demos exist is because they like, they're, they're trying to guide you to the most polished por- portion of the game. If it's an open world game, uh, because the game's not at a final build yet. And so they want you to go a specific way so you could see the prettiest stuff. And I'm, I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah, I would end up being that rude, awkward, socially awkward guy that's like, all right, peace out. Yeah, a good one. I got, I got like 800 <laughs> other things to play here, man. I'm just going to, I'm going to bounce. <laughs> um, so uh, what right. is your game of the week? So I almost grabbed the wrong game. Uh, so my, my game of the week is Resident Evil 4. Nice, easy, classic. Started off on the GameCube, then was ported to the PS2. I personally have the Steelbook Premium Edition of Resident Evil 4 on PS2. I also have the GameCube version. I actually have the GameStop exclusive Resident Evil 4 Collector's Edition, which literally is a red tin box that has GameStop on it. It's so annoying. Yep. I Um, I have my my copy inside of that box is still sealed. Nice. Um, and so Resident Evil 4, th- this kind of goes back to, and I know Resident Evil wasn't born on the PS2, kind of what I talked about last week, where there are certain games that were born on the PS2 era that, that like launched into more successful games in the future. Resident Evil 4 was a complete like reboot of Resident Evil, not in the story, but in how it was played. And it went away from, from fixed camera angles and pre-rendered backgrounds to over-the-shoulder third person with... Um, quick time events button presses where like at the last second, like hit B real quick to dodge a boulder. And so that, and that spawned five and six, unfortunately, but five. And then kind of, <laughs> you know, like the, the, and, and revelations, which are actually pretty good. Revelations one and two are pretty good. And, and so Resident Evil four though, it is like when, I, when this game came out and I finished it, I gave it like that perfect score. Not that any game's perfect, but this one for me was like, this is up there for when I finished it. I was like, yeah, man, that's like a perfect game to me. You know, like it just it just hit all the notes. The story was good. It was the right length. wasn't irritated by anything. It was the right difficulty. It was fun. Like everything together. Obviously, there's rumors that 
and all but confirmed rumors that they're remaking four, which I find very odd since it's got pretty good PC ports and, and runs really well. But and it was they've good. ported it to every console. And and it's like even on the Wii for crying out loud. But yeah, Resident Evil Four, um it I don't know. It's just super good, man. And and it it was a change, it was a shift in the Resident Evil formula because it got tired after Code Veronica. And Resident Evil 4 was originally part of this deal that Capcom had made with Nintendo, where they had these exclusive games coming only to the GameCube, and it was... Let's see if I can remember them all. It was Beautiful Joe. I was, I was going to ask if you uh, could name them all off. I, I think there's five, if I remember correctly. They they ended up only releasing four, I believe. It was supposed to be five. Okay, so then the four they released were Resident Evil 4, Beautiful Joe, PNO3, Yep, and... I had the third one in my head. I, I had it. I had the fourth one in my head before I started this list. Hold on. Let me get it. Beautiful Joe. This. God damn it, man. I had it. And then I like I had it in my Killer head. Killer 7. I think it might have been Killer 7. Yeah. That sounds right, actually. So, um, okay. So, yeah. So, Resident Evil 4, man. Just a great game. Just baller ass. That's the last Resident Evil that I really, really enjoyed. Um, the remake of 2 is fantastic. But I did not like that they brought the Nemesis-style following X, monster, yeah. Mr. X, into it. Because that was my least favorite part of the original Resident Evil 3, was Mr. Uh, Nemesis following you the whole time. So it was disappointing that, that they turned 2 into that. Yeah, which in the B games, he's less obnoxious, shockingly. But in the okay. A game, I remember that like in Leon's A game, I'm like, man, can I just get five minutes to explore? Because... The game did something really well. The two remake did something really well where it told you if there were items or puzzles in a room that you hadn't, like the map was really well done, you know, yeah. it helped you out a lot, but then it took away from the, like, I didn't feel like I could just appreciate and explore the world because I was too busy looking over my shoulder for that big dumbass all the time. It was, it was and like the stressful. World was, the world was gorgeous too. Yeah, was like great. the graphics are amazing in that game. Yeah, it was great. What, uh, what's in your pickup pile of the week, man? How many games you got this week? Six. Oh my god, so many. Okay, go ahead. Alright. <laughs> uh, so, uh, my buddy Kevin likes to mooch off of me for Xbox Game Pass and uh, Hulu and Netflix and every other thing. Did he listen? He <laughs> listens to you now. Now He listens to the podcast. Now you're going to get in trouble. I don't know if he does, but... Um... <laughs> he does. I trust that he does. He's going to tweet out about this. Kevin, if, you're, if you hear this, tweet out at us and I want to be right. Uh, well, we'll see. Uh, but uh, he randomly messaged me. He's like, "Hey, uh, I'm gonna buy you a game for uh, for using all your uh, services. So uh, let me know which uh, game you want." Um, so I I had him uh, send me a copy of No Straight Roads, uh, which is a game that's basically like um, Brutal Legend without the RTS elements. Okay. Um, so, because Brutal Legend was like looked like it was going to be a hack and slash platformer, but then like five minutes after you start the game, suddenly you're like guide troops around a map, and you're like, wait, this isn't the game I signed up for. Wait, um, well, Tim, no straight roads. Tim Schafer being misleading. What? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no straight roads. It, it it's very boss battle centric, um, but it's a cool story. Um, the main character, who's a girl, has really crazy-looking eyes, though. <laughs> Nicole was like, her eyes are freaking me out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I picked up from your store, uh, Zoo Tycoon, uh, the Ultimate Animal Collection, 
which is a different achievement list than the base, the regular game. Uh, it has more animals and uh, more poop to scoop up. Nice. Well, double the poop. Yep. Uh, 8-Bit Invaders for PlayStation. Nice. Uh, which uh, 8-Bit Invaders and 8-Bit Hordes uh, I never see in retail stores. Um, I've only ever seen them on Amazon. So they're making... um, but oh good. Sorry, I was saying. So they're making so many of those games now that they're gonna have their own category of shitters. So there's gonna be eight bitter <laughs> shitters. <laughs> <laughs> so these are all real time strategy games, uh, similar to like Command and Conquer and StarCraft, and they are cross play with each other. And so if you have eight bit armies, eight bit invaders, or eight bit hordes, you can play multiplayer against the other games. And uh, they're stylized after, so like 8-Bit Armies plays very much like Counter or Command and Conquer. 8-Bit uh, Hordes is kind of like trying to be like 8-Bit Warcraft. Uh, and Invaders is kind of trying to be 8-Bit Starcraft. Nice. Um, so like, those. <laughs> yeah, one those. Yeah. You sold me uh, on it. <laughs> when I, the last GameStop Manager Conference I went to, I talked to the guy from Sodesco, so uh, who's the publisher of this, and he was talking about the, the way that they play with each other. And I was like, that is a really cool idea. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I finally got the, the third game. The, the Hordes and Invaders are only on PlayStation uh, as on a physical disc. And on PlayStation, they also have their own Platinums for each version. Whereas on Xbox... It's the base game, and then you can get the download content for the other two games. Ah, so ultimately, like, 8-Bit Invaders is just, like, a physical DLC disc <laughs> that you're paying extra money for. <laughs> um, but it's it's got a separate platinum. Yeah. Uh, so okay. so I, would, I would say that's that's basically its own game, whereas on Xbox it more feels like a download. Um, so yeah, these, these three games I got for super cheap. I, I got Victor Vran, uh, which is a really kind of neat uh, Diablo-style top-down action game. Um, it's got jumping in it, and uh, the movement's pretty good. So, like, so far I've played a little bit of it and it seems pretty sweet. Uh, I got Ari and the Season or Secret of Seasons, which is an like action platformer. Nice, all right. And then uh, I finally got... Uh, from the NIST store, uh, I've been waiting for this for quite a while, uh, the Prinny t- 1 and 2 Just Desserts edition, mm. um, which comes with both games on the Switch, and then it comes with an art book and soundtrack, and a one of those like micro, like crappy knockoff Lego sets uh, that you can build into a Prinny. And there's so much stuff inside of this box that it actually bent the uh, <laughs> the switch case for the game. Amazing. Uh, so luckily I have spare switch cases that I'm going to be able to swap this into because otherwise it kind of looks bad. Uh, but the pretty games are really, really, really funny. Uh, and they're pretty fun platformers that will kick your butt. All right. Uh, so that's everything for me this week. What have you got? I only have one game, John. One. When was the last time I only had one or none games in my pile? Did you buy that twelve thousand dollar copy of Power Stone? Or no, not Power Stone. Uh, 
Power. What the hell game were you looking at at the store? Oh, Power Blade Two. No, I did Power not Blade spend. Two. No, I did not spend twelve thousand dollars on Power Blade Two. Although I've considered it. Was um, that game even graded at twelve grand? No, it's just it's so stupid. It's not even sealed. It's so stupid. <laughs> People are dumb as hell right now on eBay. Um, so yep. I have just one game, and this is a game that I played on PC a little bit, and it's kind of clunky on PlayStation comparatively, but I picked up a copy of Crusader No Remorse for PS1. So it's isometric view, okay. so it looks kind of like Diablo, but you're like this red kind of Boba Fett-looking armored dude. Okay, um, that's the game I was thinking of. Yeah, and it's very, like, the combat's very... It's not turn-based, but it's very, like... I don't, I don't want to say technical, but it reminds me of like the earlier Fallout games, kind of like that. Um, but just just in like kind of gameplay, I guess. Um, so it's certainly not as good as those. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a game I've wanted for a while, and then like you just don't ever see it. And one popped up on eBay, and it was a pretty good price, except the booklet's got like two folds in it. And okay. so I'm putting it on the shelf, but I've got a note in the computer like that I need a better booklet. <laughs> so when one gets traded in, it was like 35 bucks. Huh. I would not have expected that. Now, next week, I'm going to have a bunch of stuff. I already, I put in some orders, and they're all, actually, two of them are already at the store now, and I think a third one's okay. going in Friday, so I'm going to have some good stuff next week, but just a nice, just a nice middle week, not much going on, so. Uh, have you, um, I was going to ask you, so they just changed the PlayStation trophy system, so what, do you remember what your trophy level was and what it is now? Yeah, it's almost like, it. I think it, just kind of multiplied it by three roughly i think so or sorry multiplied it by um by 10 because okay. uh, i was at like 30 and then i think now i'm at like 320 or something like it was it was because they went from zero to 99 to zero to okay. 999 because uh i i i think my trophy level probably was like 13 to 15 uh because i very much play far more on my xbox mm-hmm. and they bumped me up to 300 maybe i was and, like closer to 15 or 16 then i guess i'm not sure maybe i'm off on that because i only have i think i have under 10 platinums on the playstation i think i have about 3,000 trophies total uh but the majority of those are bronze and I, it kind of made me wonder like i wonder how if you started a new profile and just played the I Am Mayo game where you just tap a jar of mayonnaise for like 30 minutes and get a platinum. I wonder I wonder what trophy level you would be at after playing My Name is Mayo and that being the only game. Just one platinum? <laughs> yeah, like I wonder if that would get you up to like trophy level 150. <laughs> I don't know, but it was funny because Dom has like... God, he's got to have close to a... Oh, I don't want to say this wrong, but I feel like he's got to have 50 platinums, 50 to 100 okay. platinums. And he's like high silver and I'm low silver. And I was like, hey, buddy, we're, we both put about the same amount of effort into trophies. Like, we're doing good. I've got, I think, eight platinums or nine platinums, you know? And I'm just <laughs> like, hey, man, look at us. We're both a couple of silver buddies. How's it going? And he's just like, that's not funny. He's like, why am I silver? Why am I not gold? And I'm like, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> you just because I've wasted less of my life. Because I don't platinum garbage games. Um, so that's it, man. That's the podcast for today, everybody. We uh, we appreciate you hanging out as always and listening to us 
babble on about stupid stories. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at John's at Dryer Combo. I'm at Game Trade Greg. You can subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash drop rate, or you can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the drop rate. Uh, I don't know where you listen to this, if it's on SoundCloud or Spotify or iTunes, but if you're on one of them, you can listen to them on one of the other ones. It doesn't really matter where. We don't get any money for this, so just listen to it <laughs> wherever it's convenient for you. Say goodbye, John. And send us money if you feel like it. Yeah, and send us questions more than anything. I'd rather have us just tweet us out a question, even if it's something like, hey, John, how many Xbox games do you have? Like, that's great. We want to hear from you. So, uh, But thank you, as I, thank you, as always, everybody, for listening. John, say goodbye. Later. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Bye-bye.